0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there is no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi everyone, Helen here. You know, at our podcast, we were wanting to center the perspectives of people who look like us and women, as well as marginalized people who have been historically pushed to the sideline of conversations. So, if you haven't already, we welcome you to engage through our Instagram or Facebook page by leaving a comment or simply support us by subscribe our podcast from ACAST, Apple, Spotify, and Google. It will make a huge differences to increase our visibility and centering the conversations we have from our pod. Enjoy today's episode.
1: Hey y'all, this is Jessie. Hi, this is Helen. And it's a Friday morning by this Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Astro this week (laughs) or Food Poison. I don't know what it was, but I'm sounding so sprightly, but I have to say this is like a, this is a big turn for me. Why? Well, earlier, like the whole, since Monday, I have been like, just, I don't want to, you know, um, impress upon our viewers, some awful bodily function so I won't I will I will refrain but let's suffice to say I was in bed the entire week and I was about to go crazy it's just the worst like uh-huh. food poisoning is the worst you know it's just like yeah, I, it's really the, bad. I think the worst thing is the um, is the nausea. And the second worst thing is that um, I don't have an appetite. And eating is, like, mm. my favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously, my favorite thing in the world. So, like, um, not being able to eat, not having the appetite to eat is, like, fucking torture.
0: Yeah, and you don't have energy as well. That's really bad.
1: Yeah, it's so bad.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. So, like, I came from a massive high after doing some, like, Sydney Writers Festival gigs over the weekend to, like, crashing down, plummeting into, like, the lowest low. Because I think the last time I had food poisoning was, like, in 2014. And even then, it wasn't, like, food poisoning. I think the last time I had food poisoning was, like, 2012 from sashimi at Westfield Parramatta. (laughs) And never again have I had sashimi at Westfield Parramatta. Or was it sushi? Something like that. Um... Actually don't think I've been back to Westfield Parramatta since then. For a very
0: long time. Actually. Yeah.
1: Um, but uh yeah, raw fish, man. No good. I think um what I worked out was like at the Sydney Writers Festival. Someone's trying to and sabotage to... you. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's yeah. Our um, this is not to incriminate them. But I did have like a slice of um cold ham <laughs> sandwich. You know, those finger sandwiches yeah. that you get at like uh what do they call it? High tea? Yeah. You know they're like finger yeah. size, yeah. Yeah. I had one of those just before I went on to talk to Christos Chokos. And uh, that must have done it because um <laughs> Andrew and I ate the same thing in the next couple of days and like he's completely fine. Uh-huh. So and he
0: doesn't eat meat. So he that's probably yeah, the the well, difference, only differences. Meat. Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: So smart thing not to eat meat sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, so anyway, I did a test yesterday at the doctors because the doctor said I might have E... Not Ebola, um, E. coli. (laughs) Uh Oh, not E. coli, um, Salmonella. salmonella. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: the type of the bacteria or the virus, isn't it? Yeah, yeah,
1: Yeah, so it's pretty awful, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Helen, you came to see me on Saturday, right? Yeah, I went
0: to see you on Saturday with my daughter uh, on the panel of the three Sydney Morning Herald's What's it called? The new young best
1: new young uh, novelist.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just surprised that they use the word young because it's just trying to imply. Yeah, I'm not young. No, you're young, but it's just trying to imply that you know, even if the first-time writer who's in their 60s, they can't be in that category. You know, <laughs> you know, you never know because writing is such a big spectrum on age. Some people doesn't start writing and to, like you know they retire but some people start writing at the very young age yeah. yeah so that was a bit interesting i think yeah but that was a really good panel yeah, with you uh, vivian fawn and who's the other lady kate I forgot her surname, sorry. Krimnik. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: Something like that. Yeah. She was really nice.
0: So all three of you spoke really nice, yeah, with the discussion about your book, uh, your work, around the characters that you guys wrote. Yeah, that was really good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was very intimidated by those two women because they were so fucking articulate. Yeah,
0: They were. you were brilliant too. You know, you make people laugh. <laughs>
1: Oh, good, because that's my job in my life. That's my, like, the the thing that brings me most happiness is when I make the people I love, love around me, laugh.
0: (laughs) That was really good. The audience laughed at you when you said that. I think the moderator, Jason, he was asking you how your story came about and how you start writing, and you say that you just have so much anger and rage being a woman that you need to just vomit out. You used the word vomit (laughs) (laughs) Through writing.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not the first person to say that. Also, I I wonder whether vomit is too uh, explicit a word. (laughs) I wonder if it was like awkward laughter from the crowd
0: regurgitate it, all your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think I'm proudest most of the question, one audience question member was like, who would you like to read your book? Yeah, as for audio an audio book. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh huh.
1: And I said Ricky Gervais. <laughs> yeah, everyone laughed at like, one. because like Ricky Gervais is so fucking funny. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> imagine Ricky yeah. Gervais reading like an Asian girl talking about sex. <laughs> or like I was thinking, trying to think of another effect, like, or Steve Carell. <laughs> yeah. No, I actually think Ricky Gervais. Both of is them even are pretty good, I think.
0: It'll be, it'll yeah. be really funny. Yeah.
1: How did your daughter find it?
0: Uh, She was really good, yeah. She did question, uh, like, she whispered at my ears when the moderator was um, asking you about the characters, the main characters in your book, like how Jenna came about. And I think he asked something along the line uh, Is that is a relative to your life or something like that and you say that oh no jenna
1: is totally different to me i'm not yeah i know i have to say that (laughs) i mean she is very different like like i haven't done all the things that she's done and then it's completely fucking made
0: up even though my daughter hasn't hasn't read your book but she kind of whispered in my ears like oh i thought that she was writing about herself (laughs) i thought shy like you Mm -hmm. were writing about yourself Yeah. yeah
1: yeah funny. I wonder how old Aya will be when she reads my first book, and how many books I would have hopefully published by then, mm, huh
0: yeah, I think she can read in Maybe. about when she's sixteen. I don't mind her reading when she's okay. sixteen, yeah
1: right. I was reading Salacious Sex scenes when I was twelve.
0: oh yeah, yeah, I guess so so you have
1: you you will
0: be approached by those kind of books in about at about age twelve thirteen, yeah I guess yeah. Anyway, how was your week? Yeah, my week's been terrible as well. Yeah, sleepless nights because, yeah, Aya hasn't been sleeping well and she's been having this anxiety. I wouldn't say attacks, but she's just starting to fear darkness and being alone. Mm. Try to talk her through and just get to get to the point. Oh, being a parent is not easy. Like, you can't... It's just so hard to find a boundary. Like you're so tired, but you still want to not hurt her feeling. Like yeah, yeah, totally. You just want her to go to sleep, and you want to go to sleep as well. And she will just continue talking or making excuses. Yeah, it was just really tiring.
1: Yeah. Well, every day, Helen, I get messages from Helen saying saying things like, "Parenthood is the shittiest job <laughs> yeah. in the
0: world." <laughs> It is. I I will be talking mark, about it in mark, another no you know joke. in another segment you know about parenthood. But it it is. I I think it is because you can quit from your job, you know, and you can get divorced. You can break up with your partner, but with a child, it's like you can't break you up can't with your break child. up with your child. You can't. I I know. Like this is gonna sound controversial, but I think
1: do it. Do it. <laughs> I love
0: controversial women. I think I I'm starting to get. The I'm starting to understand and getting an idea about the mothers who walked out of the family because, in it's just yeah. Oh, yeah. they can't take it yeah. anymore, especially let's say generations ago. Yeah, that those women are being judged and being, you know, complained. And when their kids are growing up, they do have no ideas why their mom walked out. Um, perhaps if they their mom have told them about it, they couldn't remember, they were just been holding this idea that oh my mom doesn't love me anymore but the reality is when a woman as a mother they don't get enough help i'm not saying that i don't get enough help from my husband i do i do get a lot of help from my husband even though that i get so much help i still feel so tired and overwhelmed being a parent and let alone say parents of kids of special need Oh my God, I, I have no yeah, idea exactly. how they can go through that. Yeah. Just both mentally and physically demanding. I can totally understand those women woman who walked out of the family.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm thinking about like Nora from Ibsen's Doll's House, which is really the first text that caused me, made me become feminist. Mm-hmm. Really, like the, Nora is the one per... like I probably, I, If I ever had a daughter, I'd probably name her Nora... From that character, because mm-hmm. like she was the first female character who kind of decided to walk away from her family, and that felt and that that door slam at the end of the play for me was always so like, I I studied it in year eleven when I was sixteen, and we had a gay English teacher. I actually thought he was gay, but apparently <laughs> he is married. He's actually now deceased, so um, that's really sad. Um, and I don't know what I'm still trying to understand why it made such a profound impact on mm. me. I guess it was the first narrative where like a woman just decided to say no to everything mm-hmm. that she was raised to really solicit. And yeah, I know what you mean. Um I, I find that it's really refreshing that it's both refreshing and really like, not in a mean way, but annoying mm-hmm. to, like when I hear you say like, Oh, um, parenthood is such a shitty job because I'm like, Well then why did you become a parent? Hell it's um, but, you know, you wanted to become a parent and you didn't know what you were in mm-hmm. for, so fair enough. Um, but I think it's so important that we have women like you say these kind of things because, like, I wish more parents were more upfront and open about what the reality of raising kids Definitely. are. Definitely. You know, it yeah, is, it's really it's not. Just,
0: it's not all fun. This is, this is uh, something that I prepared to talk about on our Mother's Day episode as well. But I'll just quickly mention here, I think parenthood is just too overly glamorized honestly it's been Mm. overly glamorized and has always been considered as a concept that to have an extension of your life yeah that's a positive but at the same time it's something that I read from Breast and Eggs as well, where yeah. she has raised the question, the protagonist raised the question question about become a parent. Is it just essentially um, human inflating their own ego, whether or not that they, they conceive, they kid, the child naturally or through IVF or in, through any of the method. It's just human trying to inflate on their own ego because they want to have a child, because you have mm. a, a, a new life in your life in the sense mm. that perhaps this is going to sound a little bit bad but I, I do think do it <laughs> I do think some parents have kids to take control of something as in when they yeah. cannot no that makes sense take control yeah. of their own life they feel like Much, if yeah. they have some other I don't want to use the word property, but honestly, I can't find any other words yeah. rather than property. When you yeah. have something yeah. coming out of your vagina, it is from you, it is yeah. yours uh, to yeah. the moment yeah. that property, that child is yeah. independent enough to go out to the world. Well. Yeah. So yeah. before that child becomes independent enough, that child is essentially your property to look after, your property to care, to provide a safe environment. But yeah. I don't think people have enough idea about how difficult it is because all we see on the media, in the book, it's all about glamorising parenthood. It's like, oh, how beautiful yeah. it is, how wonderful it is. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's I yeah, don't wanna yeah. I don't wanna go well, into much detail well, because this is something that I wanna talk about in another I know, show, yeah.
1: yeah. I really like I feel like we could go down a rabbit hole and speak about this because mm. I have a lot of thoughts about this for like in the next hour, mm-hmm, seriously. Mm-hmm. But let's withhold that for our Mother's Day episode. Yeah. Okay. So um, because today <laughs> we're going to do focus on listeners questions. Yay. Woo! But um, before we keep going on, I just wanted to shout out um, something that has kept me alive and spirited in the last couple of days while I was stuck in bed. It's a TV show. Shout out to my friend Kyle and Billy who um, told me about this show. I had to watch for like literally two years. (laughs) Like every year, like for literally two years, Kyle has been saying, "Jesse, you need to watch this. Jesse, you need to watch this." It's a show on Stand called. Search Party, mm-hmm. and um, it's starring the um, actress who's so freaking beautiful. Her name's Alia Shawkat. She's the woman, girl who plays Maybe in Arrested Development. Do you remember Maybe? Uh, it's a young, the girl with the young, freckles? Okay.
0: I've only watched two episodes yeah. of Arrested Development, so oh, okay. I don't really yeah, recall. Anyway, yeah, anyway, go on.
1: Yeah. Um, Search Party is like this amazing genre bending um, millennial focused new york-based um, <laughs> rhyme slash horror slash comedy so <laughs> so comedic it's seriously so comedic um, TV series Is it very dark? It's on it's like it's it gets really dark oh, in the fourth uh-huh. season yeah so I'm in the middle of the fourth season now and I'm reluctant to finish it because then you know my journey would end yeah but it's just like it's so interesting like you really need at least two episodes in to get really sucked into mm-hmm. it, like the first episode, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> it was so strange. But um, the more you get into it, the more juicy it gets, and it like the every single character is so campy, mm-hmm. except for Dory, actually, except for this main character. Like her boyfriend Drew is so hot, it's not funny, and then her <laughs> two best friends Elliot and Portia are so hilarious. Like, oh, it's just like the best New York millennial kind of kind of series that I've seen ever. It's like. I have so much love for it mm-hmm. in the way that I have love for Shits Creek. Uh, I love Shits Creek. But how
0: Creek. how much of the racial diversity is in this series? Oh,
1: okay. Um, well, it is mostly like the central characters white. are white. <laughs> yeah, of course. And the side characters. Um, side characters are mostly white oh, as well. Her okay. um, Her um ex boyfriend Julian is like the hottest black guy, <laughs> hottest guy, but he just happens to be black. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah, it definitely doesn't, like, meet the quota of, in terms of, you know, representation. But uh, it is a cracking series.
0: Mm, cool, cool, cool.
1: Okay, so... How about you? Search
0: Party. What have I been watching? I haven't been watching anything at all because I was managing kids, you know, IAS asleep. So I haven't been watching anything. But I did listen to some podcasts that I really enjoyed. One of them was Gritty Nurse. I'm going to share mm-hmm. the link on our show notes. It's definitely worth your time to listen to these two nurses doing a podcast about social social justice on the mm-hmm. perspective on the medical industry. So that was really mm-hmm. good. Um, I've listened to one of the episodes. Uh, they invited a senior nurse who has been labelled as street nurse. Like they mm. go out onto the street and look after homeless nurse people so nice because government haven't set up in enough infrastructures around this kind of issues that community just have to step up you know mm. um yeah so that was really good um how did you find this podcast by the way i think i was looking through um asian podcast host and i think mm-hmm. one of the co-hosts is asian nurse and the other one's black so, you know, the combination of their conversation is very, very interesting. You you get in mm-hmm. both like the black culture and the Action culture, how they, they will share mm-hmm. their ideas, um and their upbringings, how they reflected onto what they do as nursing as nurses. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think one of the nurse shared her episode on the Asian Podcast Network and I clicked mm-hmm. on that, yeah, and I subscribed it. Yeah, so that was really okay, good. Cool. Yeah. So Interesting. should we jump into the questions now? Or... Let
1: yes do it. Okay. Let us jump into the audience questions. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. It
0: sounds like you're totally back to to yourself. You don't sound like you just said tired Come on, text. Oh good. Because <laughs> you keep texting me like I'm gonna die. I feel like I'm yeah, gonna I, know. Die.
1: I know the whole week I'm like kill me, kill me, kill me. <laughs> Yeah. And then my friends are, my friends, I, I honestly, like my greatest achievement in this life will always be the friends I've made. Yeah. Cause like, I literally have three friends say like offering to come over to uh, cook oh, like, that's nice. um, not not cook me food because they don't want to be around Just my bring kitchen your food. in case they catch it. Yeah. But like bring me food or hang out with me. And I was like, it's okay. Andrew's coming. I like, um, on Tuesday I was like, come save me. <laughs> yeah. And then he like t- came and gave me meds uh-huh. and, um, food which was nice but yeah i also didn't want him around contagious him, like, contamin- yeah i'm contagious yeah, <laughs> yeah. i don't want to give it to my boyfriend mm. jesus it's ugly you know
0: okay so let's start from the very first question um yeah so our long-time listener harriet shout another shout out to harriet shout out to, yeah, harriet. to harriet yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Harriet, the genius. <laughs>
0: yeah, she's great. Um, So her question is, she's got two questions, isn't it? Uh, Yeah. So she asked Helen, would you Helen? actually consider writing a book and what would it be about? To be honest, since I think was the last time you mentioned that I should write a book, like I, I yes. have got a couple of messages asking me whether or not that I'm considering to write a book <laughs> and not only Harriet. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I do have a short story that I've written years ago uh, about mm. a boy in my calligraphy class. I, I think oh, Jess yes. has, Jess, you know the yes, story. Yes, heard yeah. the story. That I've created from the perspective of a stray dog. Like,
1: oh, I have nice, always Helen. been
0: thinking to create stories of two people from my school in Taiwan. They both seem rather vulnerable. They're very vulnerable yeah. kids. They're skinny, they're slightly dark. And they're not yeah. very sociable with other kids. They're very shy and very yeah. quiet, yeah. not outspoken. Yeah. It's their eyes that remind me in my memory. It's something about their eyes yeah. that they look through and observe in people that I found yeah. really interesting.
1: You're a freaking genius, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, I want
0: to write about the boy in my calligraphy class because I've told Jesse a couple of times about the incidents mm-hmm. I, I went through when I was growing up in Taiwan, like in year one and year two in Taiwan back, this is back in the early eighties, we had to do a yeah. calligraphy class uh, like once a week or twice a week. And you have to bring your own equipment, like the brush, the ink and the paper, just mm-hmm. all and the stencils, mm-hmm. you know, it's like a package and those mm-hmm. doesn't come in cheap. You know, if you don't have given money to buy and back in those times, most parents are working or have small businesses a lot of my friends they don't see they they're like keychain children as in they got keys and walk to school they come home to come home by themselves they have dinner by themselves mm-hmm. so like i w- i grew up uh, rarely seeing our parents like this is when we're back in in taiwan anyway mm-hmm. so call- calligraphy class you'd have to have equipment but this boy I remember that he never has equipment. I think he never have mm. the, the writing brush. He never uh, have ink mm. with him. And just before we mm-hmm. have calligraphy class, that he will go go to other classmates and like borrowing yeah. stuff. Like, okay, now I yeah. borrow yeah. The, uh, the brush for you from from you, or can yeah. I brush borrow the ink, or can I share the ink platform with you and something mm. like that. Because the calligraphy teacher we had, he's this. I assume he was someone who was similar age to our granddad, and he was he came from mainland China. He was extremely strict. As in, mm. before the class began, he would check every students if they had proper equipment. If they don't, uh, mm. he would get out a, like a bamboo stick and whip your palms. Like you have to yeah. hold out your palms yeah. and you yeah. had a whip. Yeah. And then if you don't have it next week again, you get double of the amount of whipping on your palms. So up. this boy, yeah. he... Um, like <laughs> I'm gonna cry now because every like, time every, every time, time Helen talks about this she cries <laughs> because almost every week this boy like no one likes this boy because he's dark and he smells a little funny as well. Only when I'm older that I understand people going through poverty. <laughs> I'm gonna say something funny now. <laughs> what?
1: Dude, we're so funny. <laughs> we like every time we, we Yeah, I love I love us. We're so we're so human. Like I'm so every time we do- yeah. No, like well I I got I got I was crying on the stage at the City Writers Festival when a woman came up, up and, you know, asked me about internalised racism. Yeah. You're not emotional, you're just a human <laughs> being. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jess, she's trying to cheer me up and showing me her plush toys now
1: yeah um i think it's just such a um it speaks volume to the kind of person you are and how you have like something in you something deep inside who you are as a person recognized you know even at that year age how old were you nine yeah eight eight eight
0: or nine yeah about the same age as i like i don't i just didn't understand why that the boy because at that yeah, we started, there was a new policy coming out saying that, oh, you can, uh, the school's going to start providing lunch, as in hot lunch. Um, this yeah, is in Taiwan, yeah. you're going to start, you know, yeah. uh, remind everyone. But you have to pay like a couple hundred dollars every turn. But if you don't want to have, you can still bring lunch from home and then you can get a steam mm. from the steam room. But this boy... He like his family didn't give him his money, so he still bought his own lunchbox, and he right. eventually became the only student of the class that would just carry his lunchbox to the steam room and heat up his lunchbox all by himself. Right, whereas right. all the other students in our class just yeah. went to get our lunchboxes like every day. Yeah. And yeah. back then, I just didn't understand why the boy. I assume. Like when I was eight, I assumed, you know, everyone was equal that you would have the same, you, your parents would give you, you know, the money to pay for excur- excursion. Yeah. That's another story. Excursion is another girl's story. You'll have the money to go to, uh, to get school, hot lunch, and which I really hate. You know, I, stu- I actually preferred to bring lunch from home because I prefer our mom's cooking. Yeah. Um, yeah anyway, yeah. and I didn't understand why this boy didn't have um, calligraphy equipment as well. And yeah, he was yeah. being punished, you yeah. know, every, literally every week, yeah. just because that, like, this is when I understood much, much older, because people just essentially doesn't have the resources to get those things. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's still happening nowadays, even in Australia. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the indigenous community. Yeah. So this um, is the one of the boy that I want to write about. Another another person that I wrote about was a, a girl as well. That was when I was in year four, year five. When I was still back in Taiwan, mm. um, it's about poverty as well. I don't think she was on um, the standard of poverty. Poverty, but I remember that we were told that we're going to go on to an excursion and we have to pay like like I don't know fifty dollars for a bus fare something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: I overheard one of the girls who wasn't really in my social group and she said that oh she can't go because she doesn't have the money to pay for the bus fare. And uh-huh. Uh-huh. I kind of I remember myself that I was asking her, Oh, how come why why don't you have the money to go? Because she was a nice girl. Mm. I wanted her to, you know, join our group. I want go. her to go yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. And then she yeah. said, Oh no, just my, my mom doesn't have the money. And I start asking everyone, "Oh, how what can we do to help her to come with us?" Yeah. And I start yeah, suggesting, yeah. you know, maybe we give ten dollars. Everyone give ten dollars, and five of us we can get a fifty dollars yeah. altogether. And yeah. our teacher at the time was so brilliant. He's a he's a vegetarian. He's a Buddhist as well. This is what I remember. He said that, uh-huh. "Oh, kids, don't worry. You know, um, I as a teacher, I'll sort it out. She'll come with us." Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's what I remember about her because I remember once that I ran into her and her mom in the traditional market, you know, where in the traditional market in Taiwan, you either walk or you ride a scooter through a market yeah. and you have yeah, um, yeah.
1: God, I miss Taiwan. stores around
0: the, uh, uh, along along the street. And I ran into her yeah. with her and her mom on a bicycle. Um, mom was riding our scooter. I was behind her. And I saw this, my classmate and she was, Yeah. this is something that I recognized when I was much older as well. Like she was trying to hide from me. She was trying to hide from me. And only when I was older that I remember, you know, kind of like a sight coming out from her eyes. It shows kind of like she's feeling ashamed of herself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah. I was trying to say hi, but she was, like, trying to, like, just give me a nod and then just walked away yeah. very quickly. I, I didn't yeah, couldn't yeah. quite grasp what was she feeling then, yeah. And then later, when I am older, I feel like, oh, my God, I feel so guilty because yeah. I could have done much more to help her to, you know, assimilate into our group or things like that because yeah. she probably felt yeah. ashamed because she's not worth it or something like that, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah 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 these little stories you should write down mm, yeah and like the dog <laughs> and, yeah the dog and then how like the dog how mum <laughs> took away your dog that's traumatic man i'm serious that's really traumatic yeah. um now you have two dumb dogs <laughs> <laughs> i call it dumb, dumb helen's words helen's words <laughs> I, uh, I love them yeah um yeah um yeah, I think you should put them into a book. I've got so many ideas. I know in stories. you like have I, so many. You have so much to give. Like I also want
0: to world. have write a story about four generation of women. Like somehow, yeah. I think there are a lot of novels probably based on the similar stories in a historical sense. Like yeah. but I prefer stories with with Jack's opposing perspectives. Like I want to okay. write yeah. a continuous story brought from perhaps the side of the mother and the side of the daughter, they see yeah. things differently, yeah. but it's yeah, the s- yeah. same incidents that's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, maybe something along the line, like letters or diary entries from different people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, the differences between generation, and of course I want to include culture and race into it from individual characters. But
1: yeah, at the moment,
0: yeah. this idea is quite different jumbled up for me i think so yeah if yeah there are people or editors out there who can give me a push no well but, helen but I, I think really you should want, just like yeah.
1: start a document you know a, a google doc or something just i mm. or just write all your ideas down
0: mm. yeah i should you have that yeah, right yeah i
1: do yeah yeah good good yeah because it will turn into something one day i have Hopefully. absolutely no <laughs> doubt honestly i have no doubt no doubt <laughs> Isn't no doubt a band name? Yeah, Stefan. Don't speak, and I know what you're <laughs> saying, and I know your reasons. Don't say oh, it cares, hurt. it hurts.
0: Okay, so. Okay,
1: so our second question uh, Harriet. from Harriet was How mm-hmm. effective do you think protesters are? Oh, that's from, that's from my mum. my mum? <laughs>
0: oh, Harriet's mum. Oh, you mean Harriet's mum? Yeah, oh, from Cass. Her yeah. Shout out to
1: Cass. Yeah. So, do you want to answer this question first? I mean, yeah, yeah. I think definitely protesters are effective in whatever way we can use our bodies, to, like our corporeal presence, to uh, make a scene. Mm-hmm. I think it changes something. I'm not sure to what extent it does. I feel like um, I might. The best person to ask would be someone from like Solidarity, which is like yep. a non profit group that my mm-hmm. housemate is part of. Shout out to James. Um, but uh, I think it's like sustaining optimism and like mm-hmm. having an avenue of, for letting out your rage and like also creating a safe space or a space that uh, people who can unite um, with a shared sense of rage about one topic, you know? Yeah. I think true. that's really important. Yeah. I mean... What about you? What do you
0: Personally, think? it depends how you consider what is effective and my feeling is that at least in Australia pro- protest has been peaceful and protest has its mm. own effective active sorry effectiveness um apart from voicing our discontent like getting attention from media and public yep. governors it's raising awareness you know sometimes you just have to look mm. at the protests and realize an issue that we really never thought about it on exactly. social justice like cons- that never perhaps never really affect you you know and you start questioning your own privilege questioning others pr- people's privilege and wonder why it has become like this and you start extending that thinking of how and w- how changes can improve the society as a whole not mm, just benefit mm, in a yeah. subgroup of population yeah that's what i think
1: yeah yeah excellent mm. yeah very well thought out answer i love it
0: Okay, so our next question is from Dragon Girl Food Book Diaries. That's her Instagram account name. This person nice. asks, "What is the biggest lesson you've learned this year as a proud Asian Australian?"
1: I've learned that there are so many wonderful Asian Australian mm-hmm. women out yes. there. Yes, yes. I mean, I-, I knew that they existed, but like, it's just like so nice to actually find them mm-hmm. and like have them reach out to us, yeah. so that we know that people like us exist in this nation that's right
0: yeah i think for me i just i just feel like there's so many and so diverse of asians not just one type mm. of asians in australia mm. and i think they experienced in the past year you know in conjunction with jesse's debut novel like for myself i'm just learning so much about other asians in australia like hearing their stories getting messages from our Mm. listeners, their struggles in identity and also coming of age in different life stages, you know, and Mm, mm. for woman, it's just brilliant. Get to know other people. That was really good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I have to say that I've learned how fucking extraordinary you are, Helen. (laughs) Like uh, not, not to like, not to like make you cry. (laughs) No, not to make you cry, but seriously, you have so much to give the world. Mm. Like, I sometimes don't even think you're my sister. Like, you're just this amazing fellow ally who, like, is so hungry for shit to get done. <laughs> yeah. And, like, you're so hungry for knowledge as well. Like, um, you're so voracious and hungry and your appetite is so inspiring. Yeah, but I'm just lazy.
0: <laughs> I'm so lazy.
1: <laughs> you're so not lazy. You do way more research than me. Yeah, I just think, like, if you didn't have so many child caring duties like what kind of work could you do in in the world that people more people could recognize oh
0: but i think child caring duties had had me recognize the things that i have to change as a whole as in society as well if i never have child caring duties i would never Mm. Picked up. Be angry? Yeah, I would never be angry. I don't think I would. I'll probably still see the inequalities at workplace as uh, for career women mm. as well, but I'll probably find it hard to recognize inequality as a mum compared to the whole society. This is some, you know, the other it will be falling under episode, but yeah, for me, I think yeah. childcare and duties have kind of awoke me. Oh, interesting. In the sense of debating these kind of things, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, so next question. Our next question comes from Amy. Let me read out Amy's message. So Amy says, Hi, Jesse and Helen. First of all, thanks so much for your content. I'm an Aussie Korean now living in New York. Yay, New York. Um, Amy, I'm so fucking jealous. (laughs) Get me there with you. Okay, and then she says, I love listening to your podcast and keeping up with Australian news as it pertains to Asian culture. Congrats, Jesse, on your recent award. And my question for you guys for your Q&A is in relation to this. I want to purchase your book and I always like to do it through independent bookstores to support small businesses, but it seems Amazon is the only option from the U.S. at least. So my questions are, question one, what is the ultimate trickle-down percentage you get as a writer from Amazon versus independent bookstores? Mm -hmm. And how can I be more conscious of where I spend my money to support the writer? So Amy, that is such a great That's question. A like, question. how yeah. amazing are you? Yeah, yeah. Because like, I feel like Amy must be some sort of creative for her to think about mm-hmm. this. You know,
0: she's our type Cause of I, listeners.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I always think about like how much my creative friends are getting. Like, I mm. mostly like to pay them. Like, I, I I know shout out to Tess. Um, she's done one or two things like just because like she, um out of the goodwill of her, but like I always like to pay my artist friends mm-hmm. for work they do for me um so thank you amy for this great question so um i'm not to be honest amy i'm not sure about the di- in the, the difference between amazon and um independent i'm not sure yeah. yeah how much indifference i get if you buy from amazon or if you buy from bookstores to be honest i also don't know what it's like in the u.s so i won't be able to say um i know that this is public knowledge at least here in the australia i get 10 of proceeds so like you know, you can work that out. If the book costs twenty nine ninety nine, thirty dollars $30, I get th- 10% of that. So I basically get $3 for every book. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing I agree with you is to support your local bookshop. So wherever you live, um, Amy, I'd say, like, I listen to the New York Times rev- book, book review podcast, mm-hmm. which is, like, hosted by Pamela, Pamela Paul. Paul? Pamela? Paul? <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I forgotten her name. Oh my god, I'm so bad. And she, um, she, um, every week they they do a rally up about like, um, what to do to support local bookshops. Yep. And no, I think good. like the local bookshops, um, the ones that haven't closed, mm. devastating news. Um, uh, you can like buy from them. They like do shipping or like they have people who cycle to you. I think I'm not actually <laughs> sure. To... Is that I'm I'm sure Amy... book? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Book, book delivery. Um, I'm sure, Amy, you know this, but um, I would definitely always go, if you can't afford it, Amy, I would always go for um local bookshops over Amazon, yeah. everything over Jeff Bezos. Yes, exactly. And we,
0: we always, we know that Amazon don't treat their employees right. They don't pay them right. You know, it's just pathetic. It's always like that when you have a superpower business. Yeah, yeah exactly they're just exploited people, yeah, and yeah, another exactly. shout out, I want to mention if anyone wants to get books from writers of of color amplify bookstore, yeah that's I feel mm-hmm. like we're gonna have to make them our official bookstore, yeah, so it's run by two yeah, uh, amplify yeah, two ladies in Melbourne, they have their online store that you can check out. it's so good, they have yeah, they, they research so they, much they have done a lot of work in researching writers of colour, Indigenous writers yeah. um, to provide, you yeah. know, specific, yeah, that kind of category. Yeah, content. content exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's so good. They're centering people who have not historically been centred due to white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. These women are insanely Brilliant. amazing and uh, they just are so typical of what Melbourne produces. <laughs> Get Melbourne. Even though I fucking hate <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's full of fucking hipsters. Um, yeah, second question. But, you know, yeah. Yeah, second question, Helen. Shoot, okay, from so Amy. Amy's also ask. Do you think Asians have
0: equal opportunity in the writing space or is there a bamboo ceiling? Um, I assume she's talking about the Western world for the Asian writers. Yeah. Okay, so for yeah. you, Jess?
1: Um, look, I will say from my perspective, I have never felt othered. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that might just be good because I'm, like, relatively skinny. I'm relatively, <laughs> okay. like... I'm relatively good looking, like I'm young. Mm-hmm. I like fit the mould of like acceptability uh, when it comes to the image capitalist marketing. The image. Yeah, the image, yeah. exactly. So like I'm palatable to the white gaze. Mm-hmm. That might have something to do with it. But what about the, the your writing and your actual work rather
0: than your image? Oh, right. What do you think? Um I have never Like how many let's say how many editors or publishers have you sent your work to and the percentage right. of your acceptance? versus rejection
1: i think all my in my 20s i was sending out a lot of poetry Mm -hmm. to like very conservative publications here in australia Mm. not knowing they were conservative and then i would get rejected (laughs) so i have had my fair share of rejection which i i've always known is a healthy thing Mm -hmm. for writers to experience and to build a thick skin yeah but with i guess with my like writing in the last few years um i've sent it to a few people and i've mostly got like good I've mostly got good fit, fee- like um, acceptance rate, okay, yeah. yeah. But also, Amy, I have to say, in Australia, the number of like writers is so much lower than the number of writers in America, just because of the population, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like so much more competitive in the states. Yeah,
0: yeah. So
1: yeah, I know that there are more resources for Asian American writers, though, like specifically. Like, you know, the Asian American Workshop.
0: Yeah, um, there have specific even so many... Asian American women and, you know, yeah. uh, Pacific Coalitions. Islanders. And yeah, yeah exactly. That there's there's very, so many NGOs that few. focus
1: on just Asian women and yeah. Asian writers. Um, yeah. A lot that, you know, people like Alexander Chi and Tony to the limited, I can't pronounce <laughs> his surname, um, and R.O. Kwan, you know, they're involved in. Even though it might be a bit harder in the States, it also, like there are resources that can help you as well. Mm, yeah. Whereas in Australia, it's still very rare to have. Um, I don't think we have any Asian Asian writers. Just Asian writer group coalition. coalition. Hey. <laughs> yeah. That's why I said yeah. you should start know. one. Does anyone know? Yeah.
0: If anyone know, they can yeah. Yeah. They let us know. DM no. us.
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so our next question is from Eva. Hi, Eva. Eva asks, Eva has a couple of questions. The first one is, how do you work, how do you guys work out what to discuss? Um, Helen? We pretty much just read what's
0: happening around the world, particularly in Asia yeah. and the relation with Australia and most likely it will be social justice issues, feminist issues. Um, I usually just browse online. Check out what is popular in discussion around foreigns, um, mm. around Australian Asians um, sometimes I think it's just a topic that we want to talk about, even though mm, if it's yeah. an article from years back, um, we read. Yeah. New York Times. I'm a subscriber to New York Times. Mm-hmm. What else? Jess has just Jess, just Jesse. You're a bit more like just arbitrary about <laughs> picking a topic, ah! aren't you? I.e. Lazy. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. This is something interesting. Let's just talk about this. Or I encountered yeah. this in my life. Or in my workplace, or I saw something yeah. on the street, then let's talk about this on our podcast. So yeah. we're not very focused yeah. on specific type of genre. So you'll see us talking about well, you'll hear us talking about: movies, dramas, music, theater, yeah. books, particularly books because both of us lo- yeah, love to yeah. read. I love
1: that you love you I love that you have such a diverse range of interests. All my best <laughs> friends. Are just so like people with their wide arms wide open uh-huh. at the world and saying like "give it to me," yeah, kind of people. I love yeah. that.
0: But there are there are topics that we you might not seen us talking about. For example, finance and marketing. You know, business stuff. <laughs> because <laughs> oh my god, we, we, we really that don't the- want. Like, I I feel like there's enough Asians talking about that kind of category. Really? Yeah. Because most of the... You, you see, uh, Asians have been stereotyped as becoming accountants once they graduate from colleges. Oh, accountants right. okay. or engineers yeah. or lawyers, you know, those type of professions, whereas there's not, not enough Asians to talk about the Talk about arts. artistic yes. stuff. Yeah. Yes,
1: exactly. Yeah. Well, I've got to say, uh, me and money is like... Water and oil. <laughs> you don't mix. Them. I just hate talking about my Like, there's nothing less interesting than talking about finances or anything to do with finances. And, like, oh, and obviously, like, I'm a very privileged person to say yeah. this because only, only someone who has zero financial problems can say that, yeah, you know? that's true. Well, some people call me rich just... Well, I think I'm rich just because I have a roof over my head mm-hmm. and I've never starved in my life. I consider that mm-hmm. rich, you know? Yep. But like... Um, and that's the end of my conversation because <laughs> I don't want to keep going on. <laughs> okay, let's go on to the
0: next question from Eva. Eva's next question. Um, she yeah, asks, what's your favorite account of people that champion the issues you care about? That's a great question. Oof, that's a good yeah, one. It's going to have a long answer.
1: Well, I care about queer... Queer beatitudes mm-hmm. and like queerness and like that space. So I follow um Garth Greenwell religiously, and anything he says or does, I just like lap it up. <laughs> You're him. Yeah, I love Garth Greenwell. I love all gay men mm-hmm. basically. Um and um accounts. I I wonder what Eva means by accounts. Does she mean like Twitter or, or podcast um, or Instagram? Yeah, what she, she mean? didn't really
0: clarify, but I assume will be like incidents or like life experience maybe what do you think
1: no she means like social media oh, accounts. okay
0: well if you want anyway i'm
1: gonna <laughs> i'm gonna give a shout out to um billy and drew's the pilot club oh, yeah. which is which is like my best friend billy and his friend best friend drew who like talk about tv shows every week mm, interesting. they're just like the smartest human beings in the world yeah. So, like, just listen to them, even if you're not interested in TV, just listen to them for the way that they, they, they describe their conversations. Things. Yeah. Yeah, they're so funny as yeah. well. They're so mm-hmm, funny. Mm-hmm. What about you, Helen? Well,
0: the issues that I am, I care most about will be feminism and equality. I think oh, initially yeah, right. it was. Oops, I
1: forgot. About
0: that. <laughs> I initially influenced by, by you, of course, Jess. Uh, you gave me the book from uh, by Annabelle Crabb. The wife drought. Oh so. yes, the wife drought. Okay. Oh, did I tell you I met Annabelle Crab over the weekend? Oh yeah, brilliant. How is she? Did I tell you? No, you haven't told me.
1: Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I met her at the Deb ball on Sunday night. So the Sydney Writers Festival came up with this new thing called the Debuton ball, mm-hmm. and like basically it was their party. they gave us yeah they gave us sachets for all um, first time <laughs> writers in 2020. And I saw Annabelle Crab, and me oh. and Andrew were just like, okay, I've got to get onto that fangirl moment yeah Yeah, fangirl moment and she fangirl backed at me which was so nice yeah Yeah, she talked about
0: your book on her podcast i know she's so so
1: nice and down to earth yeah okay back to you
0: yeah so Annabelle crab's book and also i start writing clementine ford and also jess hugh who investigative journalist who talks about the domestic violence things like that and yeah. also i want to give out a shout out that we haven't talked about her for a long time monique from threads equality agency that we attended her intersectional feminism workshop oh, yes, that was about two or three years ago yes. i honestly hope she can resume the yes. workshop again it was really really good pretty, pretty yeah. much opened my yeah, it was, you know it? the insight of how we look at feminism and how it should be intersectional. oh my there.
1: god do you know that we went to yeah. Monique's house for that yeah, apartment right. in Marrickville. In, yeah. um, in West of Sydney. And literally, literally <laughs> to, to this day, there's like the best scones I've ever had. Her, her, partner, her partner, John, yeah. made like the best scones I've <laughs> ever had in my life. We like sat and in her backyard, in their backyard and had scones yeah. In yeah, for, that was really for good, a tea lovely morning. break. It was yeah. so nice, yeah. Well, for me,
0: I, I love seeing women writing news about women. Or raise yeah. questions about injustice. I think most of the yeah. female in the past, and also, of course, in the present, who has stood their ground to voice a concern. I just, you might be able to give our listeners about, you know, the female writers that you read, or the activists that you follow.
1: Oh, okay. Well, my favourite female writers are, like, Gia Tolentino, Olivia Lang, Rebecca Solnit, um, Audrey Lord. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, off the top of my head Okay, yeah.
0: yeah I mean, for me, I follow a couple of Taiwanese feminism lawyers Slash psychologists, slash activists and social workers Like mm-hmm. some of them who had started doing podcasts as well Like I really mm-hmm. hope that they will have people who translate work, their work into English Like I'm going to just mention a couple of names Like Lai Fang Yu, Deng Hui Wu, uh-huh. uh-huh. Liu Chou Yuan, Xu de. And so there's a social worker slash baseball umpire. She's a, a female umpire in Taiwan. Um, yeah. Sophia, uh, she's a mus- Muslim as well. They are mm-hmm. very, very progressive in speaking out about important issues of mm. woman's value. They put a yeah. lot of efforts into breaking like uh, traditional barriers for ma- women in marriage, divorce, domestic violence. As well as parenting, like I know, like I kind of hope that their work, just like I said, they have some of them have written book as well. It could be translated mm. into English. For mm. example, there's a book uh, by Xu Changde who used to be a uh, musician. He's still a musician who composes nowadays. He wrote a oh, book wow. called Toxic Motherhood. <laughs> Uh, he's, like, I think, in that book. I I haven't read that book, but from what he had other people have described, it's really brilliant as he's trying mm. to dismantle the idea about motherhood. Mm. Yeah, and not being people shouldn't be considering that being a mother should take all the controls of a child's life.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But what no else? one should have a complete control over anyone's yeah. life.
0: The reason I'm saying that it should be translated into English because I feel like there's so much resources in this kind of genre but yeah. written by white people. And right. for yeah, those yeah. Asian diasporas in Western world, like they we are still trying to eliminate a lot of stigmas around us that we yeah. still hold very rigidly because it yeah. comes down from yeah. generations. And yeah. those self-help books that's written by white people, like mostly they are written from a perspective of Western white person. You know, a yeah. lot of yeah. a- Asian diasporas, the lack of cultural understanding, I think there's still like a barrier. Like yeah. it's, their solution might not be solutions for us.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I love that you said that. And also the yeah,
0: internalized trauma a lot of yeah. Asian diasporas <laughs> faced is totally yeah. different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was watching the first episode of Jess Hill's amazing SBS three-part documentary, Look What You Made Me Do, which mm-hmm. is based on her book. Yep. And, like, um, it's yeah. so good. Seriously, everyone who's listening, you have mm-hmm. to fucking watch it. It's seriously so good. It's extremely triggering, so just be careful. No, it was very triggering yes. for me. Yeah. I, I Really, really triggering. But, like, it's just such a well-done series, at least mm-hmm. the first episode. And I'm sure the second and third will be as well. But, like, um, uh, I, 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 I kept thinking, like, where are the women of colour? Like why are we not looking at also the women of colour or like the Indigenous women who are probably like much more vulnerable in a lot of sense and also like um, Mm -hmm. in different cultural backgrounds, like um, the way that a man interacts with a woman in in a marriage is like it's just so different. There's still this proprietorial sense that like means that the man has ownership over the woman. Mm-hmm. And so like mm-hmm. when we have conversations about like how do we stop domestic violence um we're actually like leaking into a lot of murky waters in terms of like well how do we do that but also fight like you know 1000 years of cultural cultural traditions, you know? Mm-hmm. Like how yep. do we fight that? Yeah. I don't know. I really don't know.
0: Yeah. Like I said uh, I think last was it last week or the week before Clementine 4 came out with a, a so-called a bit more appropriate video, educational video about consent.
1: Oh, yeah, I haven't I seen I think that. she
0: did really well. But mm. like you said, there's no indications of the mannerism from people of colour mm. or Indigenous people. The, or the culture is very different in the mm. way that you give consent to yeah, people. Yeah. And there's a long-term, very rooted idea about how women should obey um even if you give out this kind of educational video to you know asian men if they grow up with a certain sense of power over women they're gonna think that's bullshit then how can you change that kind of um, idea yeah how do you change that kind of thinking
1: yeah precisely fucking precisely all right let's move on to Eva's third last question um how did you meet well we we share okay we share the same mother
0: sorry that was the second last (laughs) yeah so for the for our listeners who doesn't know Jess is my younger sister
1: okay Eva's last question how (laughs) what motivates you Helen you answer that first what motivates Um, you um
0: I think talking to Jess really motivates me and exploring topics and issues that are relatable to mm-hmm. our lives. I think it goes back to how we met because as sisters, we we didn't really. Now, Helen was the black sheep
1: of the family. <laughs> black sheep. She's in. She's in none of our family photos. Or if she is, she's like on the side, yeah. just like looking depressed.
0: <laughs> it was really bad, you know. I don't know how resonate, how would that resonate with a lot of like firstborn of the immigrant right. family? But I feel like it's t- really hard to be the yeah. first child of an immigrant no, family because you take up so much. Yeah, shit. yeah,
1: absolutely. I'm <laughs> not, not jealous you of depressed. your role. I'm not jealous of your role. Um, what motivates me are other women and like um, be- wanting a better world. Seriously, wanting a better world for mm-hmm. women. That I seriously yeah. just, uh, the yeah, only people I care true. about in this world are women. I just, I, I women <laughs> fucking are the bomb. Like, I remember saying during my speech on, was during my talk with Christos Chalkis on Sunday at the R- Writers' Festival, um, I, I mm. he, he asked me, like, he said to me that he sees me as a queer writer and then I responded in yeah. a way that made me, like, think, um, when I heard myself talking, I just, like, spoke ad lib and it mm. sounded like I was coming out as trans Because like I was saying, like oh, I wish I was a guy. I wish I was a guy. I'd have feel so much more freedom if I was a man. Uh And I and really Uh I do. But like I wouldn't be who I am if I wasn't a woman. Like I really embrace. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't consider all all these yeah exactly. I wouldn't be so. You wouldn't have the
0: experience to understand. Like
1: uh, everything I am, the identity that I most feel most kind of powerfully aligned with is my womanhood. Mm -hmm. Like is the fact that I. I'm in a female body. Who knows? I might come I don't know if trans is something that you just know when you're younger or I actually don't know. You might I might have to read up on this. But like I, I do wish I was a man, but like um I wouldn't change anything for the world because like I I just think women are so much more um, I think women are much stronger than men. I think women are more compassionate. Mm-hmm. I just think women are warmer, uh, they're kinder, they're more loving. Women are much better than men. Honestly, <laughs> they're so in every single way, they're better than men. That's
0: because we're being constricted in every possible way, and then we just have to fight for it.
1: I just, yeah, I just all the women I've met in my life have just shown me what like a lovely human being should look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, other things that motivates me is I, I feel like I just want to share stuff, like make connections mm. with other people, even though that I'm definitely an introvert. And I just feel like if we can connect to people who are like-minded, that, you know, we can share stuff and raise awareness yeah. of social social justice yeah. issues. Yeah. yeah. So that would motivate me. Mm. Yeah.
1: All right, moving okay, on to our so next, next question.
0: question. Blue Sky Warm Sea, who is also our long-time listener. Shout out to you again. Thank you for your continuous yeah. support. They ask what gave what gave you the courage to start the podcast and how did you learn how to do it technically or did you or, or how did you teach yourself? Well, I think for me to start with I think I want to mention the podcast that inspired yeah. me to do this work. Um, Plan A did just oh, suggest yes. me to start yes, listening to A years ago. So they're Asian Americans who talks about mostly political issues, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes. Yeah, political issues as an Asian in America. And plenty of Chinese podcasts I listen to. How did we start how did we learn to do it? Well I just Google and YouTube. They are just practically your best friend if you yeah. want to do anything, fix your yeah. house, YouTube, or yeah, and YouTube no, and Google.
1: Yeah, do you not know, um, learn how to do a triple bypass surgery, YouTube, man. YouTube. <laughs> yes, seriously, my true. brother's best friend, he's an OBGYN <laughs> surgeon, <laughs> yeah. and he even said that he learns videos, he learns how no, to do surgery. Surgery, through YouTube. surgery
0: through YouTube. Yeah,
1: because people YouTube just come up with creative
0: ways to teach. Yeah, yeah exactly, that's true. Yeah. I think with recording and editing for us is that we just learn as we go, you know, there's trial and errors. Like our earliest episodes are so bad and funny. (laughs) Our current one doesn't doesn't sound professional enough, but our very early episodes are not good. Silence. Silence. (laughs) Long silence. Oh, we hear Jess say that, Oh, we're going to cut this off. And she doesn't cut it off. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Mm yeah next question do you want to read that out
1: yeah so this question from blue sky warm seas to me she says jesse why do you think you come across so nonchalant about the success of your book okay so um Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel a bit like um well because i'm not an asshole and i don't want to be an asshole (laughs) (laughs) like yeah yeah because like because my like i said my greatest achievements will always be my family and my friends and the family that I build mm-hmm. around me. Even if I win the Pulitzer Prize or the Nobel Prize, that doesn't mean anything. Come on. Like, seriously? Like, that's just like some people decided that you, they liked your work and those some mm-hmm. people are not people I love or, like, mm. sleep with at night. They're, they're, you know, their their opinions are just – my their opinions about the stuff I do, you know. they yeah. It's got nothing to do with who I am as a person and mm-hmm. the proudest thing that I have, like – um the things that I won't be nonchalant about are like things that are related to me and my own personhood. Mhm. You know? I remember when I did get the book deal I was uh, I called my brother and I was like please don't make me turn into an asshole because like I always wanted to be come somehow famous like I always famous, wanted to be yeah. well known yeah. so yeah, that do. Yeah. yeah, but like like I didn't want to be famous because I want to be famous, but I want to be famous so that I can talk about issues that mean stuff to me so that exactly. i can platform mm-hmm. issues about asian women and so mm-hmm. that young asian girls like my sister my sister lisa's daughter evie shout out to evie who turns 2 today Happy birthday, Uh, Evie. Yeah. Um, So that she can grow up in a world where she's not, like, sexualized or, like, treated like a freaking secretary when she walks Mm -hmm. into a law firm. So I just want to, like, put my face out there so that there are other iterations of Asian women. That's why I want to be well-known, you know? Um, But, you know, I'm nonchalant about it because, like, um, that's really the reason. I don't want to be an asshole. Like, I just hate people Mm who are like, "Ah, like, like, I'm so famous. I won this award. Like, like who gives a shit? Everyone's winning awards every day. Like, you know? Mm-hmm. Honestly, if I ever got married, I'll be like, oh, my God, just, like, get this day over and done with. Like, I will never be someone who celebrates big celebrations that people tell you mm-hmm. are big deals in your life. Yeah. Buying your first home with your husband, getting married, having children. None of those things matter to me because um, the things that matter to me have always been things that I built myself As in, I Mm -hmm. decided this is what matters. Fuck what the rest of the world thinks. Like, I'm not going to be told what matters in my life. Mm -hmm. Sorry, that was (laughs) long-winded. That was good. Yeah. So hopefully give some inspired
0: other woman to follow you as well. You know, not be too much influenced by the external force. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Okay, next question, Helen. This
0: is from who? Minami. Minami. Yeah. So uh, they ask... Have either Helen or Jesse encountered racial microaggression, e.g. people saying you have good English or insisting on asking where you're from? If so, what do you think is the best way to deal with this?
1: I love this question. Thanks, Minami. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Minami, yeah. Um, So I have. Um, I went on a Tinder date about three, four years ago with a French black guy. And he said to me after like five minutes of sitting down, this is yeah. after you've chatted with him online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, yeah. he said, you have really good English.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. And so where was he
1: from himself? He was from some part of Paris. Okay. So he's,
0: he's French.
1: Yeah, he's French. Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah. And how did you
1: respond? I just laughed awkwardly and then like ended the date five minutes later. And then I went back, I went back to my friend's house I was living with her at the time, and she was like, wow, way to go, girl, cutting a date short. And I was like, well, I'm not <laughs> going to sit like, for another hour, waste my hour of my life sitting across someone who I know I won't end up with or like, mm-hmm. who I know I don't like, you know? So I just cut that date short.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: Have you had people who told you you're good at English?
0: Well, for those who know me, that like, I visit local courts with my therapy dog, Jake. And pre-COVID, they used to have, like, elderly volunteers who mm. were visiting the courts serving, like, coffee and biscuits. Yeah. Like, they're from church. Right. Like, elderly from church. So I got to know some of the, like, senior volunteers. They're truly, like, they're really nice and sweet. They talk to me about their pets, their kids, their grandkids. And, they and spoiled they're all white, Jake. Right? Yeah, they're all white. They spoiled corporate. Jake with... <laughs> it's for Jake with like biscuit crumbs sometimes. Anyway, so during the conversation, out of a sudden, like a grandpa said that, Oh, your English is very good. Mm-hmm. And it kind of took me off guard because I wasn't really sure how to respond.
1: Yeah.
0: So, like what I did, like you as well, like I did, this fucking usual um, Asian polite mannerism response. That, oh, thank you. Oh my <laughs> God, really? I told, <laughs> I told, I told him that oh, I've been here for like almost 25 years. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of the lack of Asian sightings on yeah, the exactly. Central Coast yeah. or the Asians that see mostly are newly immigrants that yeah. have not, you know, been fluent with English. Yeah. Like, I don't really want to label. I don't know whether or not I should label with a microaggression because some of the people who are old, I, don't sh- I shouldn't be using the word, I'm being an here. age. Yeah, they definitely not have been exposed to enough people exactly. to see the scenes in yeah. a wider perspective, and you really you never really know their intention. Like yeah. they could be thinking from their point of view is that like they're giving a compliment.
1: Yeah, totally. And
0: of course, it depends on their tone of voice, and they could be patronizing or yeah like comparing you to other Asians who doesn't speak English. But next time, if I encounter something similar, it really depends if the person that I'm talking to is worth my time to educate them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um I would still just tell them that. Yeah. I've been here most of my life. It's kind of forced me to pick up the fucking colonizer's language.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know what I'd say um how to deal with someone who says that. Um like yeah, I guess what Helen said is good. Like consider if it's worth your time. And um, for me, I just kind of fucking walk away to be honest because anyone mm-hmm. who says that or treats me that way is not someone who I feel is worthy of my time, so I kind of just fucking leave. Mm-hmm. I just leave. I just walk away. Yeah. Honestly, the older yeah. I get, the more I'm better I am at just leaving things when they don't serve me, and I think that's like um, mm-hmm. really ties in well with Minari's second question. Um, Minami, so, yeah, Minami's <laughs> second question is: Did you notice difference between being in your twenties versus thirties? I'm turning twenty eight this year and still don't feel adult enough. So I love this question and Minami. Mm-hmm. Minami, such a great uh-huh. question. Yes, totally. Like I feel so much better in my thirties. My twenties was just like <laughs> this awful time of like crippling anxiety and like just like chasing mm. men who didn't want me. Honestly, like I feel like mm. all through my twenties was just like trying to find myself through men, and that mm-hmm. just never does you any good.
0: Yeah, you know, I remember really just doesn't. yeah, just uh, when we're catching up on you were uh, in your twenties that. You just tell us that you see yourself your your own value through males approval uh, approval yeah. yeah and I would tell, I was thinking why why are you like that you know yeah I, I mean I'm six years older than you but I can totally see how women are like that because how we grew up is that we always seek for approval as a yeah. young girl Yeah, that we've been treated differently compared to the boys. Yeah, As in, we were told that we we're never right or we need to always behave to be considered good.
1: Mm.
0: So what about in your 30s?
1: Well, I feel so much better in my 30s because um mm-hmm. I just feel more like in my own shell and I know who mm-hmm. I am. And I mm-hmm. feel like um, in your 20s, it's like, being on like a boat with no kind of um, solid grounding and then you get the wind, the wind just kind of flickers you all over the place. But like being in your Mm -hmm. 30s is like you have these really solid boots on the boat like, it's mm-hmm. really heavy boots and you feel so much more grounded and you know yourself and you know what you stand for and you don't let, like, the wind shake you about as much as when you were in your th- 20s. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like in my 30s, um, I, I mean, I, I still don't feel like an adult. I don't think I ever want to feel like an adult because adults are mm-hmm. fucking boring. Don't worry about trying to feel adult or in, adult enough. Like, you know, I, I I, don't think we should ever try and... Pers- which, we should, I don't think it should ever be anyone's aim to try and feel adult, you know, because mm-hmm. what is adulthood? Adulthood are these metrics which like uh, the patriarchy and capitalism have imposed on us, you know, yes. marriage for women, real estate and babies. Um, mm-hmm. And those are three things that Minami, if you want them, then, you know, go for it. But for me, it's not stuff that I ever want. So mm-hmm. like um, I don't ever want to feel like an adult because it's like kowtowing to uh, the things that other people tell me to want but I don't want them, you know? Mm -hmm. So like in your 30s, and also I have to say, it won't change immediately after you turn 30. Like I feel like I've been much happier. I think 32 and 33 was when I started feeling like amazing, when I started Mm -hmm. feeling like, yeah, I feel grounded now. Like when I think of when I was 30 and 31, I still felt a bit like, oh no, I'm still kind of in my 20s kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah, but but, yeah, it's taken a few years Mm -hmm. after turning 30 where I felt really much like, I'm so strong in my own sense of self. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How about mm-hmm. you, Helen?
0: Well, when I look at this question, I'm like, oh, I'm so far from twenties and 30. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I think it's really different between individuals. So my answer is going to be very subjective, like different people's life choice can result differences in answering this question like for me in my 20s i was i dive stupidly into marriage and motherhood and combining with korea so i was concentrating of what like what jess just said one might consider as ticking all the boxes being mm. like an asian woman mm. but honestly i have to admit that my luck of meeting the right people like my husband i mean mm. he's not perfect he's just like any other man but we're both willing to learn and improve our lives
1: yeah
0: and being the first mother amongst all my friends, honestly felt lonely mm. and also been pressured, been good at everything, kind of took on the toll of my mental health. I think yeah. my elasticity, e- elaci- well, how do you e- pronounce that word?
1: Elaci- elasticity. Yeah,
0: elasticity. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the resilient mm. were fine to do with it, but I don't really like the word resilient anymore because it shouldn't be a word to be overly glorify cuz it comes to a point yeah. that I just don't want to fucking endure this shit in yeah, my life exactly. both internally and you know externally <laughs> yeah, yeah, so i, I like think that. in my in my 30s like i had my second child in my early 30s so that kind of pulled me back and grounded me to rethink about what i want in my life mm. and move into regional areas in australia kind of changed my a lot of my perspectives as well that's why mm. we start having dogs you know this is like my childhood dream because Mm. back in Sydney it was just so difficult to have dogs just a lot of things that has changed in the past few years in my 30s that I starting to understand okay this is what I want in my life like what Jess just has said that it shouldn't be what the society has told you what you should Mm. be having in your life yeah yeah so I don't know about adult I don't feel like I'm an adult sometimes as well yeah because my first child think I'm childish sometimes. To so get embarrassed in public with Yeah, me. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it's so important to keep a sense of playfulness. Like the most yeah. adult, like I'm using quotation marks here, the most adult people I know, like my brother, he's like the most childish person ever. <laughs> yeah, he's you know, so like stupid. A, adult just <laughs> means so like silly. you got, you, you have your, I guess maybe your finances together that you don't need to rely mm. on anyone. To support yeah, you financially, have you
0: independent? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um. Other than that, you don't have to take any other box, right? Hmm. You know, yeah. like be as playful as you want. That's true. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so that was our final question. Yeah, yeah was that was nice great, to guys. All the I know,
1: and I've learned a lot about Helen as well, which is nice. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that's it for this episode, special episode, and we'll catch you. Next time.
1: Yes, we'll catch you next time, guys. Bye. Bye.